Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. On today's episode, defensive end Isaac Rochelle joins me. We detail his busy start to the offseason, which has already included a trip to Dublin and a Grammys brunch with Jay-Z and Rock Nation. Plus, with the NFL scouting combine starting this week, Isaac discusses his experience in Indy just two years ago. All right, after a little bit of a hiatus here, welcome back to the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. And on the line right now, a close friend of the podcast, Isaac Rochelle, joins me. Isaac, how are you, brother? I'm great. Uh, like I told you earlier, I'm enjoying the offseason, so I can't complain. It's been six, seven weeks since the season ended, and going off your Instagram page, I've seen the trip to Yosemite with some of your teammates. I've seen the trip to Dublin. Isaac, I saw a Rock Nation party with Jay-Z and 2 Chains in the mix. This is like a, a choose-your-own-adventure, because I want to hear about all of it, but you tell me where we begin. Yeah, I mean, I've been super fortunate to be able to do some different things. I think a lot of it has to do with just being intentional um, and saying, you know what, I'm going to go see different things. Like, I think a lot of Charger fans are seeing Casey Hayward do that. Um, so, yeah, I've been fortunate. Uh, I went to Dublin. Like you said, I went to Yosemite. Um, and then the the Grammys brunch was just a cool little cherry on top where I got to spend some time with Jay-Z and some other uh, quote-unquote influencers. Um but yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just been me trying to take as much uh, or take advantage of the time that we have off, uh, and it's been really fun. We just talked about that offline too, Isaac, is the fact that you guys don't get a ton of time off. I mean, this thing kicks off again in April, so you have to take full advantage of these opportunities just to get away from football for a little bit. Exactly. Um, and like we said, once it starts, it starts. I mean, OTAs and mini camp is not as intense but in august when that thing rolls around you're not finishing until hopefully uh beginning of february so this time for us is really important to mentally disconnect from uh football for a little bit yes i'm working out five to six times a week um and i'm still in the grind in that respect but uh i still try to disconnect as much as possible and try to um just be selfish and do some things for me. And so like you mentioned, traveling is big for me. Taking pictures is big for me. Um, and just spending time with uh, people that I care about is huge for me in the off season. Uh, and I really do believe that it helps me in season, the fact that I disconnected. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of – that's just part my personal philosophy. Well, you can use that photography habit and, and put it to good use in the off season. Tell me about that trip to Dublin, man, because the pictures, I think the pictures you take are amazing because you're, you're such a talented photographer. But just the fact that you can go to another place where you don't think about football, you get away from everything. Uh, Dublin seemed like that was the spot for you. Yeah, I mean, going to Dublin, um, for me, it just was... Uh was a cool opportunity, like I said earlier, to spend time with people that I care about. Every year, a couple buddies of, of mine from Notre Dame, we take a trip. Last year, we went to Paris and London, and then this year, we went to Dublin. Um, so that was the big thing for me. And then being able to take my camera over there and take pictures, again, talking about the cherry on top. It's just another cherry on top of the trip. Um, but for us, that's a, that's an opportunity for me to go and spend time with dudes that I really care about. Uh, that are like-minded, um, and just another opportunity to disconnect. Isaac, you look at the last two years of your life, man. You get drafted by the Chargers. 
you already played for Notre Dame. You're 23 years old. You know, Kobe Bryant's out of practice. You're you're with Rock Nation, Jay-Z, 2 Chains. You had a great season. Uh, you guys went to the playoffs. You won a playoff game. What have the last two years been like? And do you have to pinch yourself sometimes just realizing where you are at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, I'm super blessed. I think like a lot of dudes in the locker room would have to agree that we're all really blessed. Um and I think a big part of it is just the idea of just continuing to work. Um, I always say that I've been really fortunate to have people around me uh, that have pushed me. Like I mentioned, those guys that I go on a trip with, like that's an example of guys around me that push me uh, to take me to places that you think like, man, I, I wouldn't have thought that I would have been here. Um, so, yes, I have to pinch myself, but... A lot of it has to do with me just looking around and being super thankful to have people around me. I mean, even since I've been in the NFL, you look at the guys that we have in our locker room, just on the D-line. You look at Joey Bosa, you look at Melvin Ingram, you look at me, Bain, and you look at guys like that. It's so easy to learn from those guys. And then I look at my my career and my development, and I'm like, man, I've, I've developed and I've learned the things that I've learned because I have unreal people around me. So... Uh, yes, I have to pinch myself more than anything. I'm, I look around and I'm like, dang, I'm super thankful for the dudes that I have around me. You know, now that some time has passed, Isaac, I know how much that loss in New England stung everybody in that locker room. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're 12-4. and four, You were tied for first in the AFC. Uh, you win a playoff game. Uh, do you reflect more on on being twelve and four and winning a playoff game, or losing to the Patriots in terms of what fuels you? What fuels you? Excuse me for twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm a hundred percent just really salty about the Patriots' loss. Uh, I mean, we had a good season. I think I had a good season, but there's one reason why you play every year, and that's to win the Super Bowl. And we didn't do that. Not only did we not do that, we uh, we finished on a horrible note. Um, I think there are things to be proud of, no doubt. I think there's things to look at and be like, wow, we can definitely build on that. But I think a lot of people would agree that it's inexcusable to lose by the way that we did um, to the Patriots. So I'm proud of the season, no doubt I'm proud of the season. But I, that's that's like the thing that stings the most looking back. I'm not looking back saying, wow, 12-4, and four, that's great. I'm like, dang, last game we got smacked by the Patriots. Um so it's tough. It's tough. At the same time, though, Isaac, you look at the guys in this locker room, and I think every championship caliber team, you know, the, the Patriots are kind of an, an anomaly, but every championship team, you have to go through some adversity to actually get to hoist the Lombardi in, in this case. So uh, it looks like the trajectory of this team is trending in the right direction, man. I agree. I agree. But, um, a piece of advice I always give friends is like knowing the advice doesn't make it easier. Like you're a hundred percent right. And I know um, we are trending in the right direction, no doubt. And no doubt the adversity is going to help us out. But to like knowing all that, knowing the information just doesn't make it easier. It's still it's true. Uh, something that leaves you salty going into the off season. It's still something that I'm going to be thinking about when we're running around during OTAs and whatnot. And then ultimately when the season starts next year, I'm going to think back to when we lost to Kansas City the first game. I'm going to think back to all those things. Um, so, I don't know. I agree and disagree with you, but uh, it, I think the overarching point is we do we do definitely have something to build on 
Uh, we did have an incredible season last year. Well, I agree with you in the sense that, l- listen, it doesn't carry over. You, you don't become 12-4 and four in 2019 just because you were in, in 2018. But I guess seeing sure. the culture here that's being built with Coach Lynn and just the guys in the locker room, it, it seems like consensus, nobody was happy with what happened, and everybody is going to do everything in their power to make sure that the advice that they're given, hey, we're going to implement that advice and we're going to be better in 2019. Yeah. And the crazy thing is we really do have the people uh, to do some crazy things. Like you said, talking about Coach Lennon stuff, we have an incredible staff that, I mean, you don't even have to think about where they're going to be because you know they're going to come in and they're going to be absolutely committed. They're going to have great energy. They're going to, like – do everything they can possibly do to bring us uh, to where we need to go. So that's the big thing for us uh, in Charger fans, what they should hang their hat on is, yes, we're always going to have good players. It's the NFL. But uh, more than anything, we have an incredible staff that's going um, to keep us trending in the right direction. And the continuity on the staff, too. I mean, largely, most of the coaching staff all comes back. Isaac, how, how important is it for the players in the locker room to know that a majority of their coaches are going to be here in 2019? It's huge. It's huge. I mean, when you report to that facility, every time you go into a new environment, uh, as it pertains to football, it makes it a little bit more difficult. I know for me, going from uh, high school to college, you have that awkward year where you're like, ah, this is kind of weird. I don't know that many people. It's different. And then I go from college and I go to the Chargers, and that first year it's kind of like, ah, I got to get to know these people. We don't have that year to year. Same coaching staff. So I think it gives you the opportunity to really hit the ground running. Um, you're not having a, I mean, I don't know if you call it waste time, but you're not having to waste time um, trying to figure out personalities, trying to figure out who meshes with who. Um, we've been doing that for the last two years. Yeah, you get a little uh, group of rookies to come in. You get um, 10 guys, 12 guys on the defense to come in and start contributing. Um, but in general, you already know everybody. So I think it's a huge deal to have uh, the same staff. I imagine it's wild for you to look back two years ago, Isaac, and you were preparing for this NFL combine. It's, you know, two and a half hours from Notre Dame in Indianapolis. What do you remember about just preparing for this week, knowing that this is a big piece to the puzzle in terms of who gets drafted? Yeah. I mean, what do I remember? I remember being extremely stressed. Um, I remember overthinking it. I mean, definitely looking back, um, Mentally, I don't think I had a great preparation. I think I overthought the process. Yes, I think it's a very important process. Um, but I think more than anything, teams are going to want to know that you're going to win, you're going to come in, you're going to compete, and you're going to work, uh, and that you're going to be excited about doing that. And then, two, uh, a lot of people take it for granted, the fact that we spend 12 hours a day with these people around us, um, or whether it be our coaches and our teammates. So a big thing for coaches, is, is this guy likable? Is this guy going to be able to come in and be a guy that I can spend 12 hours a day with? Um, I wish I would have known those things because uh, if you know those two things, it makes things like running the 40 and whatnot a lot easier because uh, you know that that stuff's going to fall in place. But uh, to answer your question, I was super stressed. I mean, I was overthinking it way too much. That's what everybody seems to say when they look back on their combine experience. Just, I think it's almost set up, Isaac, to be more of a mental grind 
more than anything, right? Because you guys are up late. You're doing the medical. You're doing the physical, uh, the psychological evaluations, the interviews with teams. I think that part of the process probably gets prospects a little more stressed out more than the physical. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. And unfortunately, all that stuff affects the physical. Like for instance, I pulled my hamstring running my forty. I think a lot of that had to do with. Um, being underhydrated, being stressed, um, and and being sleep deprived, like it's it's kind of like it all works together. And like I said, that stuff affects the physical uh, inevitably. But no doubt, they set it up to make it uh, mentally strenuous. Um, and I don't. I mean, I think I had a decent combine. I think my interviews were all right. But I just I. I look back and I'm like, I overthought it so much. I just don't think I even had that good of a combine. Mm. What was the interview with the Chargers like? Do you remember that at all? So I never interviewed with the Chargers, but what's funny is I actually had, uh, so that when you go to the combine, when you're going um, event to event, you have like a guy from um, a team in their scouting department that kind of runs your your stuff. Mm-hmm. And so our guy was a, a guy from the Chargers. He was a Chargers scout. Um, so it was interesting. I kind of got to know him. Uh, and, you know, like, I'm a firm believer. Nothing goes further than being a nice guy. So, like, we kind of got to know each other a little bit. I still talk to him when he comes to the facility. Um, and so I feel like, in a sense, that was kind of my interview with the Chargers. But I never had a formal interview with the Chargers when Tom Telesco called me and they drafted me. I was like, all right, wow. I, I don't even feel like I've really talked to them. But uh, wow, no, I didn't. I, I didn't even have an interview with them. Did you meet with them at the pro day? It, it's just that's interesting because probably in your head, like on draft day, you think like, all right, I, I remember talking to this team. I remember talking to that team. There's a good chance that I could yeah. go here or there. And then out of the blue – you get a call from a team that you didn't really have any contact with. Exactly. Um, I think sometimes teams do that intentionally because they don't want to, uh, I mean, they don't want to give away their secrets. Of course. I mean, it's such a game. The whole thing is like, it's crazy how much like politics and how much like different influence goes into just who, where players get drafted, where, um, so the, I guess the only other thing that I had with the Chargers is I had a pro day. I didn't, participate in my pro day because my hamstring because i pulled my hamstring at the combine yeah but i had like a uh less intense like personal pro day and a few teams came to that and the chargers were one of them so uh i guess they showed a little bit of interest yeah just a little bit a little bit and obviously you've taken full advantage (laughs) of it just enough (laughs) enough. hey man but you know what though isaac that's probably a a big piece of advice you can give to some of these prospects coming in is all you need is just enough right you you just need a shot and if you impress like you said being a nice guy uh you're a firm believer in that that may have had a uh a say in going to the chargers you have to just show out a hundred percent and, you know, if not everything goes your way, there's still a shot that somebody's watching you. No doubt. And, and they told me this. Uh, you only need one team like you. If 31 teams hate you and think you're not going to be a good player, who cares? If one team is like, no, that dude's going to be a baller, that's all you need. Um, and at the end of the day, it goes back to the two things that I said. Uh, and the first one being the most important in this case. You got to come in and you got to be willing to compete. It doesn't matter what the situation is. 
you got to be ready to work. So um, if 32 teams like you, whatever team likes you, you still got to work. If 31 teams hate you and one team likes you, you're still going to have to come in and work. So that doesn't change. All right, last thing on the combine. If you could, if you remember this, give me the the weirdest question that you got from a team. You don't have to name the team, but I think listeners love hearing about the combine and these stories because people get some wild questions asked, and I think it's meant to trip you up, right? Yeah. Um, Well, there were two questions that really got me. One, a dude asked me, he's like, do you drink? I was like, yeah, drink. He's like, what's your favorite drink? That was weird to me because I'm like, why does this dude want to know what my favorite drink is? (laughs) (laughs) um like who cares uh and then the second thing a dude asked me about and this isn't even a weird question it was just like caught me off guard he was asking me about an ex-player at uh notre dame zach martin who now plays for the cowboys he's like you want to get zach martin i was like yeah he's really good he's like what move would you do against him right now i'm like i have no clue what move i would do against this man right now uh that caught me off guard, but wow. I wasn't, listen, I was, I went seventh round. They weren't asking me these crazy questions. They're like, look, this dude's going to be a mid to late rounder, maybe undrafted. I don't think they were like asking me the crazy questions. Um, I guess in a sense I was lucky, but they, I mean, I was, I think I was more of a check the box interview type guy. You know, I, I look at these mock drafts and stuff. It just the whole process in general, man, it's funny because a lot of it's just manufactured. You know, it is, it's a lot of entertainment when we look at these mock drafts. And there's a, a former teammate of yours that keeps getting mocked to the Chargers at the end of the first, Jerry Tillery. What do you know about Jerry? Jerry's a great dude. I talked to Jerry last night for probably about 30 minutes about the combine. Uh, and it's funny, as soon as you asked me did I talk to the Chargers while I was getting uh, like going through this process, I was thinking no, but I was like, man, it's funny because – I keep seeing Jerry on the mock draft to come to the Chargers. Don't you? Yeah. My son, I'm like, have you talked to, like, have you talked to the Chargers? He's like, no, not at all. And it's just hilarious because um, I know inevitably he's on their radar. He's a great uh, interior D lineman. Um, I know on a lot of the mock drafts they've got us drafting an interior D lineman early. Uh, but it's crazy because it's like this dude hasn't talked to them at all, and then they could end up drafting him. But what do I know about Jerry? Uh, I know Jerry's going to come in and work. Uh, I know Jerry's going to definitely fit in our locker room. Um, he's a likable dude, which, like I said, two most important things. Are you likable and are you going to work hard? Um, and the biggest thing, not to be understated, is he's an unbelievable player. Uh, I mean, if you look at his career at Notre Dame, he was playing early his freshman year, making plays. Not a huge contributor his freshman year, um, but if you look at his development all the way to his senior year, leading the team in sacks as a D tackle, having like, what, nine sacks. Um, he's a great player. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Hopefully it is the Chargers. Yeah, a lot of great players in, in the Chargers locker room. But you're right, Isaac. I think that this organization really does place a huge premium on character, man. Because, like, listen, I, I'm not saying this because I'm around you guys all the time, but there are a lot of high-character dudes in the locker room, and I think that it's no coincidence that you win that many games by having that type of mentality and that type of character uh, inside that locker room. I completely agree. I mean, it's made it extremely easy for me. And like I mentioned, you talked about my development. It's made it extremely easy for me as a player to get better. Um I just think of the D think of two guys in particular on the D line that like I really hang my hat on and that's Square, Damian Square, mm. and that's me, man. I mean these dudes, it's like 
high, high character guys. And not to say other guys aren't high character guys. Everyone is. But those guys in particular, it's like they're just so easy to learn like life things from. When the season is super tough and it's last year, I've never even played a full season in the NFL and it's game nine and I'm like, man, like talk to me. I mean, those guys are there and you need that in the locker room. And I do appreciate uh, Tom Celesco putting an emphasis on that. Anthony Lynn is a high character coach. He puts a huge emphasis on character. Um, so look, I could talk to you for hours about how high character I think the whole organization is um, because it, it's a, it's something that I, I hold high in value. So um, I'm super thankful to be on the Chargers. I mean, I don't know how other teams are, but I know my personal experience with the Chargers is uh, dealing with the locker room and a staff that is full of unbelievable people. So I'm super thankful. Amen to that. And Isaac, you know, over the weekend, I was reading this article. It made me think of you. It was from the, the Harvard Business Journal. And it just it talked about the need to get away from just everyday life, really. I mean, the the computer, the the email, the social. And one of the things it said was, take a fast for a day or two. And then I see you on Friday, and you do this every Friday with your See You on Sunday initiative. We talked about it at length early in the year. For those who didn't hear the first interview we did with you early in the year, or they may need a refresher on it, explain See You on Sunday. So see you on, well, I'll give a little bit of context. I was going to delete my Instagram because like you're saying, I was, I was wanting to take more of a fast. I was over it. Um, you know, I can only speak personally. I thought I was overindulgent in my social media use, um, finding myself scrolling when I'm with people, just scrolling at night for no reason. I'm looking at the same things over and over again, wasting time. Um, so I was going to delete my Instagram. And then I was like, that's probably not the smartest idea, given the fact that a huge part of what I do is uh, creating a brand. So instead, I just decided to uh, leverage what followers I have, what quote unquote influence I have um, to try to get people to be more mindful about social media use. So that's where I created the initiative. See you on Sunday. Um, Basically, like you said, every Friday I post, I invite people to join me in taking Saturday off of social media uh, and Saturday for everybody's going to look different. Um, you know, but the point is let's take a day off. Let's evaluate how we feel. Let's evaluate, um, what things we're able to do and accomplish. And then let's start talking about what is healthy as it pertains to social media. use. I think uh, a lot of times people either fall in the category of they love social media or they hate social media. I'm like, let's meet in the middle and let's figure out what's the best way and most productive way to use it. Um, but I've loved it. I mean, I've loved interacting with people. I love people. People have hit me up and been like, man, this has been so big for me and my wife, uh, just taking a day off, spending time with each other. Um, and then for me personally, I feel like I've been able to do a lot of different cool things on Saturdays. Um, not because I'm not on social media, but because I'm more mindful about doing other things. Yeah. Um, so I love it. Yeah. The, the immediacy of social media, Isaac, I feel like we always have our phones that we always need to capture something in the moment. And I just used the example from you this past week, and I see you uh, at a training session with, was it Maurice Hooker, the the boxer? So you had a training session on Saturday. You could post it on Sunday, man, right? I mean, you could just enjoy it, be in the moment with what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not going anywhere. You can enjoy and really take in the experience on a Saturday. And guess what? Sunday's coming. You could post it then. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like, 
you're right. It's like, why, why do we feel the need to immediately report it to everybody what we're doing? And when I say we, like me. So I don't know. I think the biggest thing is just like you're saying, realize it, it's not going anywhere. Like if you don't want to participate in taking a day off social media, I personally believe then you need to evaluate your use because um, unless it's your job and your career is depending on it, what is the detriment to taking a 24-hour period off of an app? Um, so I don't know. It's been challenging for me. Like it's, I guess, my movement. And there's Saturdays where I'm like opening up my phone, looking for the Instagram app, and I'm like, oh shoot, I'm not on it today. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just been super interesting. But the Maurice Herker thing was uh, a cool little event that my agency not really an event he was just training and they invited me down to take pictures um but again just being more mindful about doing something that's adventurous and different on a saturday uh because i'm not on social media i love the fact that you're living your best life in the off season bro you're doing a lot of fun things and you know you're working on parallel paths just to keep getting better in year three and i appreciate you joining me as always man you're one of my favorites to cover and uh we will see you hopefully at the facility here in the next couple weeks All right, Chris, I appreciate you. And that'll do it for episode number 20 of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. A big thanks to Isaac Rochelle for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be on the lookout for our 100th episode of Chargers Weekly this Thursday from the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll get you connected to the biggest names in football from Indy. You want to download and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to rate and review Backstage Chargers and Chargers Weekly on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.